Hello and welcome to the rabbit hole, the Definitive Developers Podcast in fantabulous Chelsea, Manhattan. I'm your host, Michael Nunez, our co-host today, Dave Anderson, and our producer, William Jeffries. And today we'll be talking about when to roll your own library. And when not to. And when not to. That's important. I think <laughs> figure out if the library exists and think whether you want to roll that bad boy up into your own application or just take it off the shelf. Let's talk about some of the trade-offs when using another library versus rolling your own. I think that's the cornerstone of it. Sometimes people look at what's out there and they consider, oh, like I'm my use case is very specific, or you know, I could definitely do a better job, so I'll just do this myself. But they may not consider the pragmatic aspects of like rediscovering all of the edge cases that someone else has already gone through. Right. I mean, like one example that comes into mind is like Lodash, right? Like you shouldn't read like doing certain methods that Lodash can help you in JavaScript. One of the problems of bringing in Lodash is that it can be very bloated, right? Like if you use Lodash just for like map, for example, or reduce, and you have to bring the entire Lodash library into your application, it's going to have a lot of bloat just for those two methods that you really want to use in this particular part of the code base. Yeah, I I remember people recommending actually going in and copying the code for the one method out of (laughs) Lodash that you wanted and pasting that into your code base. (laughs) Although now they allow you to export just the one. Yeah, I mean, that's been around for some time, but I think before you had to import all of Lodash. And I think the solution is what William said, which is like a good old copy pasta right over that method. (laughs) Name it, name it Bobby map. And then you'd be able to Bobby map all across your objects, which is great. (laughs) Whatever you want. There you go. Rolled your own low dash. (laughs) Bobby dash. Bobby dash. (laughs) This is the best kind of dash. Yeah. I mean, it seems like those are the two primary ways that you can get yourself in trouble is one bringing in a library that is massive and has a lot of complexity to do a very simple thing because you didn't want to write a method. Right. And then the other one is trying to come up with something that some other library has already figured out how to do and thinking that you know better than the person who wrote that library and doing just the one thing and you know tweaking it to fit your specific use case and then not realizing that like pretty soon after you're going to need yet another part of that library and then another part of that library and then you realize that you could have saved yourself a ton of time by just relying on someone who's already thought about this problem a lot right come up with a whole library that's generic enough to handle most use cases which means probably your use case yeah <laughs> yeah Although, like, sometimes when it is something that's written to be so generic that it handles all use cases in a loose way, like, I'm, I'm thinking of, like, serializing, serialization frameworks like Django REST framework. Like, if you're going with the base case where you're just, like, serializing a model, sending it over the wire, then it's, like, pretty good. It's, like, it's kind of magic, but it does the job pretty well. But then when you start considering, like, cases of like nested objects and how that gets sent back and forth then you start to question like what tom christie was thinking when he made it and like when you could just write the code yourself to like you know update a field or something like that and it's like 
five lines of code instead of one line that you have to look at the docs for three hours (laughs) in order to figure out. (laughs) I remember I had to make a proxy server Mm-hmm. And it was going to be extremely simple. Like the only thing that the proxy server needed to do was forward a request with a header. Okay. That was it. That's it. And I was like, this is so simple. I shouldn't bring in Express. Like it's got to be written in Node, but I can do this with the native Node HTTP server. Right. And so I wrote my own. Mm, okay. <laughs> And then, you know, like pretty soon somebody came along and they were like, oh, hey, we need to add caching. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, if I were doing Express, that would be really easy. But now I have to go Mm. and look at the docs for how to do this (laughs) with Node. And nobody maintains these docs because nobody does this. They use Express. Yeah. (laughs) Right. So the solution is just like some off the shelf middleware that you can just plug in. Right. And then somebody came along and was like, oh, we need to add tracing. Mm. And, you know, we have a, you should just use the the library that's already been made that adds it automatically as middleware for Express servers. Yep. <laughs> we even have a version for Restify if you don't want to use Express. And I was like, oh, oh <laughs> I didn't use either of those. <laughs> and I ended up rewriting the whole thing in Express. It's like, sometimes you, it's better to just use the damn library. Yeah. And, well, you mentioned one thing where you had, hand-rolled the header aspect in native node and you having to read up on the docs for how to cache something. Uh, One of the alternatives to using the -the off-the-shelf is the idea that other people will also, especially if it's open source, other people are also making the, you know, off-the-shelf library better so that you can read the docs because they are updated because other people are using and updating those documents as well. It's probably like, the alternative as to why you would want to use, you know, an open source library rather than hand rolling your own. Because who's writing the docs? Who was writing your docs when you were hand rolling the header wrapper in, in Node? Definitely not me. I didn't write any docs. <laughs> and like, you know, when you, even if it's not formal documentation, just being able to Google it and get a Stack Overflow post is extremely valuable. Right. And you're less likely to get a Stack Overflow post of something that you created <laughs> unless you were to you were to post it and then answer like... it yourself. <laughs> Although every once in a while, you know, you come across your own Stack Overflow question. And you're like, oh, this is like exactly what I needed. Somebody else had this exact same problem. Who was it? Oh, I didn't learn last time. <laughs> <laughs> there it goes. It's me again. <laughs> your old friend. Yeah, sometimes people... Don't want to add dependencies because they're afraid of getting like locked into a vendor or a particular like provider of a functionality too. Like if you're using like a SaaS provider for you know logging issues or a SaaS provider for feature toggling, you'd be like, oh well, I you know I'm paying these people and maybe one day I'll write my own thing or I'll like go to a different provider. So. In that case, like maybe it may make sense to like put an abstraction layer mm. to wrap that th- third-party library, so that you know you define the API, like, but then the heavy lifting is just done by calling out to the third-party library. Yeah, I mean, I think design designing your application comes into play so that you're able to like 
swap out that third party library or like, you know, as you mentioned, like the logging library that you're using, if you find like a cheaper an alternative, you would have like an interface that just says like log message. And regardless of whatever this logging mechanism is, whether it was hand rolled or you're replacing it with something else, allows you to then swap it out effortlessly. I mean, I find that it might be more difficult, like if you are using like a database or whatnot, but like for services, you want to make sure that you're, you design your application in a way that allows you to swap those third-party or hand-rolled related things as effortlessly as possible. I think another reason why one may want to use a library that's off the shelf is because other people might know that library. Because uh, it's pretty popular on the internet to use. I mean, like the idea that like you were about to hand roll a express server would have made it very difficult for someone who's who was new to the organization to read your code, but maybe well versed. It was at the time it would seem like <laughs> such a good idea. I swear. Yeah. It was like you know I don't know like six lines of code. It was so good. Yeah. I mean, but like, it, as it would have exponentially gotten bigger, then it would have been it, a little yeah, bit more. Yeah, it started. More. It started growing. It was like a tumor. <laughs> it was a slowly but removed. surely, yeah. But like, someone yeah. will be more well versed to being able to extend the feature without having to pick your brain. If you were up and gone, then they would have. They would look at your Git commit message and be like, "Ah, well, yeah," mm. with their fists in the air mm. and being extremely pissed at you. And then it was Express, so you're fine. Don't worry about it. Right. I mean, I think I have experience with a dealing with a hand rolled app like third party tool. What is it they say? Always code as though the next person to work on your app is an axe murderer who knows where you live. Yo, I was ready to shank Bobby <laughs> with what he left the code base, bro. Oh man. Oh, oh, so upset. <laughs> Bobby hand rolled his own Redux in mm. like regular vanilla, like in JavaScript React. And it was just so hard to follow. Totally oh, that was, didn't understand. That was cool of him. No, it's not, <laughs> bro. I knew Redux. And they're like, oh yeah, you know, like come in, uh, help extend the code base and use this this library that Bobby built and was gone and left people to their own devices. And the only yeah. people who knew how to oh, use it. That's interesting. I feel like I've heard this story before. Yeah, like no, this I'm pretty is sure. Ever, well, this is our, our our version of this library for, you know, whatever. I mean, I was I then helped the organization just like, all right, let's slowly but surely like decouple this and use redux when necessary and ensure we add features to refactor this old janky version of redux and actually do the successful version but it's it was always hard. so hard yeah because you got to get the the company buy-in to actually try and migrate away from the old thing which is going to be very time consuming and expensive and it's probably never going to be done yeah right right and like, also like but even if you do undertake it like it's kind of worrisome because like trends change quickly and you know are our kids do kids still love redux like oh i haven't been in javascript world in a minute so i actually don't know (laughs) i don't think the cool kids are into redux anymore yeah like you know dan dan abram and the Mm -hmm. facebook people are like putting all that stuff in react and trying to take over the world and graphql is eating it yeah keep keep your redux (laughs) so when you make that decision it's like we're gonna cut out the tumor we're going right. to extract this bad pattern. We're going to replace it with something more standard. It's easier to hire for, easier to maintain. Right. You're probably going to end up in a terminal state 
that still includes a little bit of the old crappy pattern. Right. Because there's going to be some part of the code base that it's just not worth refactoring. Oh, right. that, that really legacy code base filled right. with spider webs and And, and then, you know, you got to get buy-in from people that it's actually worth it to get 80% of the refactor done. Like, that's going to get you enough additional productivity mm. to be worth the, like, not just the investment of time, but also then having two data stores or two of whatever the thing is. Oh, man. Right. Oh, yeah, it was hard. Like, we just kind of got through it and, like, Slowly, I I didn't see the sunset of the old application, but it was nice to know that I helped pave that way a little bit, and like mm -hmm. get the engineers riled up. Like, come on, guys, we don't need to live like this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> we can do it. Come on, let's crush it. Let's import Redux. Yeah, and like mm -hmm. they might uh, hate me right now if they're listening. <laughs> like, like this, you jerk. This, <laughs> this guy convinces to use Redux and then and he left. Yeah, he's trapped. <laughs> yeah, I'm not the other Bobby. This is the legacy yeah. of uh, people moving on. Oh man. Yeah, I I was feeling that too with. I mean, with that wrapper pattern that I was I was talking about, like, you know, sometimes it works out fine, but, you know, sometimes you, you have a Bobby that writes a wrapper pattern and then leaves on or moves on and, uh, like, and it's just leaky. Oh, like, man. It's just leaking the abstraction all over the place where, like, it was a ORM, a custom ORM, Ooh. but it was based on SQL Alchemy under the hood. And in order to use it, you had to understand this pattern for like writing database actions, but then also understand SQL Alchemy as well. Oh, man. But you couldn't use all the cool features that SQL so Alchemy had. You had to like just deal with whatever limited set. Was, was it just, would it have been easier to just use SQL Alchemy without like the wrapper in general? Or? I think so, because I would have been able to like stack overflow something. It was just like software archaeology. It was like what what happened here? Mm -hmm. What great people arose and then fell. Oh man, it's like the, the Aztecs <laughs> right, <exactly. laughs> Mexico. No trace. Yeah. Oh, this ORM all is a crime scene. All they left was the ORM. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> it's like the calendar with the wheels. I mean like yeah, I think like there's just it should be noted that like even the things that are heavily supported off the shelf will also become deprecated kind of like it will become legacy too. It's just like you have more support of the internet helping you, but there may be times where, you know, hand rolling was the way to go. And that's the, <laughs> and, and that's the, the feature that you needed at the time. I think the right. I mean, it seems like the message that we're giving people is if you, Roll your own, you're screwed. If you use an off-the-shelf library, you're screwed. And if you try and wrap an off-the-shelf library, then you're going to be screwed two different ways. Yes. Oh, so, yeah. Is, oh, what we're saying <laughs> is it's software engineering, guys. No, no, but it's, it's different, though. It's Maybe different. we need a better, <laughs> no, more uplifting message. No, no, it's different, though, because when you are using an off-the-library off the tool, you're screwed with the rest of the internet. And you get to find the way to move together as a unit as you migrate from one library to another. I think when you hand roll it yourself, that's <laughs> you're by yourself, bro. <laughs> you just got well, it. it is sad, like if if you use a library that just kind of like the support just dies off entirely. Oh, oh my god, that's then... the worst. Especially when it's like a really good library, and then they just stop supporting it, and it just starts to rust. 
Yeah, and, and then other, you like everything else upgrades around it. Yeah, right. You're like pinned on the earliest version of Jenga, or you know, two versions of Jenga behind because you're still using Tasty Pie, and uh, <laughs> you know, they haven't updated that in a year or two. Yeah, I just I just thought of uh, Can Can. The Ruby Can Can. Oh, oh yeah. Man. Can, I remember oh. Can Can. Can Can. Oh, man. R.I.P. I just went and Googled it. The last commit change was seven years ago. Didn't somebody wow. fork it and make a Can Can Can? Yeah. And I, yeah. I think there is a Can Can Can. How's that one doing? Is that still alive? Let's find out. Yeah. It sucks <laughs> when you go to Stack Overflow where you're like, I need to answer this question of this library. And the answer is, please don't use this anymore. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, the last commit for Can 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 was nine days ago. Oh, all that right. Looks a little bit. Oh, yeah. That looks okay. a little bit. But imagine if you were using Can Can right. at that time, seven years ago, and then suddenly Bobby just disappears. What do you do? You got to make Can Can Can. You got you to gotta <laughs> add that on the can to your Can Can, I mean. Yeah, well, this Can Can Can't, but this Can Can Can. <laughs> this guy Can Can Can't. <laughs> <laughs> But I think like, yeah, you get to move with the community if you work on a off-the-shelf library, but there are instances where you, it just rolls off. And yeah, you just got to be on your toes and have your pulse. Yeah, have your, know that where your library is headed. You have to be mindful, just as if you were to hand roll your own thing. Do you have guidelines as to like what kind of off-the-shelf libraries you would use personally? Because I think like GitHub Stars does it. Like, if there's a lot of stars, I think I might rock with that one over another. I think the the number of stars is an indicator of popularity. I think the, like, how recent the most recent commit is can also be a helpful indicator. I think reading a little bit of the code in the library just to see if it's well-factored, checking to see if they have any tests, that's mm -hmm. helpful. Yeah. Looking at the documentation, making sure the documentation is Making sure easy it exists. to follow. Yeah. Yeah. Exists at all. <laughs> I mean, I, I would have gotten burned uh, with the star thing, actually, because Can Can has 6.3K stars and Can 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 has 4.5. But the commits, as we mentioned earlier, are more later in the Can Can Can, supported by the Can Can community. I think also asking other people who have faced similar problems what libraries they worked with and what their experiences were like, that can be helpful. Mm hmm. Sometimes it's like driven by like what you can hire in your market. Like if there are a lot of people graduating from boot camps and they all know Ruby and Rails, then, you know, that's and you need like junior developers, then that that could inform your decision to be like, OK, like I I don't need to like roll my own custom thing. I'm going to go with, you know, something more frameworky that is a, a a common tool in the community right or if there's one really critical tool that you absolutely have to use that can also be a factor like i think twitter switched from ruby to java specifically so they could use lucene lucene yeah for search ah i see mm. and i mean there was a lot of fail whales back in the day too though yeah so that might have that might have done it yeah <laughs> yeah i think they're using a bunch of scala yeah scala 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 yeah, so I think, as you mentioned before, looking at the latest commits and tests is probably more helpful. Asking the community what, what application they would use, that kind of thing is good. Seeing how many outstanding issues are there. Oh, yeah, because if they keep piling up and no one's answering them, oh, boy, that may be a problem. I think that code is sort of like an asset that you're investing in, and it depreciates over time. You right. know, 
all assets and all of your code is on an inexorable march to the grave. Right. Right. It's all just slowly rotting. It's so dark. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to co- get a m- more uplifting interpretation here, but I, I seem to be going in the wrong direction. No, but then you have to, but then you have to slowly replace. Well, them. That's what I was getting at. Yeah. yeah. Is that like, you should just accept that whether you roll your own or whether you use a third party library, that it is eventually going to stop being maintained. Like, code rots like the code that is important will get rewritten many times yep and it'll stay relevant because you're constantly rewriting it because it's important right and stay healthy yeah so momento mori just gotta live today (laughs) (laughs) just because your greenfield app eventually becomes a brownfield app and that tasty pie library that you used to love becomes an albatross around your neck doesn't mean that you necessarily made the wrong call yeah like that was gonna happen you know, even if you'd rolled your own, eventually that code would have rotted. Like, I don't know. Yeah. There's, you, you're going to have to invest in order to fix it. And that's going to happen no matter what you, what you choose. So just be okay with it. I would say like, use Yagni judiciously. Mm-hmm. If you are only going to use a small piece of a library, maybe don't bring in the full library. Right. But if you start finding yourself using more and more of the library, stop rolling your own and adopt something while you're early on enough in the process that doing the rewrite is relatively painless. Right. I think there's something to be said for like, you know, that that balance of doing your own, like breaking breaking out of the shell of the what a framework provides you or like uh, what a library provides you and like sculpting your own like domain around that because if if you do it well then that shell like that domain will still be applicable as long as your business is applicable so you know check out those design patterns follow us now on twitter at radio free rabbit so we can keep the conversation going like what you hear Give us a five-star review and help developers just like you find their way into the rabbit hole. And never miss an episode. Subscribe now however you listen to your favorite podcast. On behalf of our producer extraordinaire, William Jeffries, and my amazing co-host, Dave Anderson, and me, your host, Michael Nunez, thanks for listening to The Rabbit Hole. (laughs) 